On today's episode... We, I mean, search was huge in terms of where you needed to go and where you needed to be. You should be on search because it's low funnel. I mean, what do people do when they're looking for something? They go to Google. Having a gigantic cultural and behavioral shift has, I mean, goes without saying, has had a huge impact um, across the board, not just with us, um, but um, for everyone. Everyone suddenly realized that people were just going to be sitting at home. No one's going to be in their cars unless they're essential workers, which was a small part of the population. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Welcome back to another episode of ASAP. This is Kristen Katrenich. I am a client manager in client service and strategy. Um, and I'm joined by Kayla Bailey today, one of our expert media buyers um, at SA. And today we're going to continue talking about the topic that continues to be the prominent topic in our lives, um, COVID-19. But today we're going to talk about it from more of a media consumption standpoint and how really COVID-19 has completely disrupted the market and what it might mean for our clients um, and how advertising is going to look in the future. Um, So Caleb, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest host today? Absolutely. Um, I do want to say thank you for that wonderful title of expert. I feel so fancy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All I was going to say was I read a lot on occasion. So, uh, but yeah, expert sounds great. Shoot, I'll start introducing myself that way. Um, You're a media expert to me. (laughs) Maybe not to everybody, but to me. (laughs) That's that's all that matters, isn't it? Uh, anyways, but we're not here to talk about me. Uh, today, what we'd like to talk about is um, we have the wonderful Sarah Hudipal, our digital marketing manager at SA, on to talk about media consumption. Um, we were swapping a few notes ahead of time. Um, and um, so her and I will be um, both discussing what, we, what we're what we seeing in this industry. But um, before we do, uh, Sarah, I want to give you a minute to uh, chat a little bit about um, what exactly you do at SA. So digital marketing manager sounds super fancy. How fancy is it? <laughs> it's debatable how fancy it is, but I am, like Caleb said, the digital marketing manager. So I'm managing with my team uh, paid socials, paid search, other paid media formats. We've got some LinkedIn running. We did some Reddit. Um, we're kind of a little bit of everything digital is what we're up to. Today, we thought it'd be really cool to kind of talk um, from the media standpoint. Kayla brings all of his expertise from the traditional media side and Sarah bringing it from the digital side. Um, So just to kind of start off, I mean, for both of you, let's start on the traditional side. What are you guys seeing from a media consumption standpoint since March and since all this COVID stuff um, happened? What is, how are people consuming media and why does that matter to marketers? Um, well, we'll start off with the obvious, um, that, um, you know, obviously consuming, uh, media consumption, that's how we interact with audiences, especially in the, uh, both Sarah and I are in the paid media space. So, um, for us, we're always, uh, keeping a close eye on, um, who's consuming where, where they're responding, how they're responding, all of that fun information and, um, having a gigantic cultural and behavioral shift has, I mean, goes without saying, has had a huge impact um, across the board, not just with us, um, but um, for everyone. And um, 
I know, um, Sarah, we've talked a little bit about some trends that you've been seeing in um, the marketplace because of that. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing, uh, to your point, Kristen, is understanding how people consume media is how we figure out what to serve them for messages. What is valuable to them? Where are they at? Where are they getting their information? And what information are they looking for when they're there? So it's been interesting to see um, from a digital standpoint, there's some pretty drastic trends that have happened. Uh, my team manages a lot of Google search accounts for some of our large clients. And so it's we were able to kind of pull some large scale data. Search is normally a lower funnel mechanism, I guess, if you will. And search itself has completely shifted during that time frame away from, um, it just wasn't happening as much, I guess is the easy way to say it. There wasn't as many searches, but we saw a lot of that activity filter back over to the display side of things. So our display campaigns saw heavy activity in terms of more impressions, more people online, there's the correlation there. More clicks. So it's like research was happening, but our clients weren't seeing it on their bottom line with sales or conversions. Um, another thing that we really noticed was the way people were searching kind of shifted. For example, we're in the home services space. So our HVAC clients saw a huge shift away from um, high intent searches such as AC repair, AC installation, with the thought being that consumers most likely didn't want people in their homes during this time frame, right? So the shifts went away from those services that could wait because it was March and April, it wasn't quite hot enough where they were burning up in their homes without an AC repair and shifted instead to things like indoor air quality, which we saw 150% increase in search from year over year just within those specific keywords, which was huge in our space because that's not really a category that we market all that much, but we had to and kind of pivot our strategy during this time frame for that. Can I ask, um, you mentioned a 150% swing. That's, is that, I mean, do you see that generally? Is that, a, is that unexpected or, I mean, how does it usually work in these categories? So that's actually a really low, um, indoor air quality keywords just aren't searched all that much. It's a very specific product, especially when it comes to HVAC. Um, I think part of that is the air purification keywords. People are trying to figure out how to stay safe in their own homes. So that's completely unexpected. I pulled information from Google Trends just to kind of see how that was doing year over year. So we had 150% swing in search traffic and volume just from last year, which is wow. insane. I think people are just doing everything they possibly can at the beginning of this, for sure. I think now it's loosened up a little bit. Um, but I feel like at the beginning of this, there was so much fear around it that and for good reason um, that people were like, OK, if I'm going to be stuck in my home, what else can I do to help my air quality so that I'm not letting in viruses or just dust allergy stuff in general um, from that HVAC space specifically? But any other really industries you're noticing huge changes to besides just HVAC? Um, so from a windows and doors standpoint, one of our clients there completely had to pivot their strategy away from promotional based advertising to just basically mentioning that they're open because again, like searches were low online activity in terms of actual conversion based activity wasn't really happening. So letting people know they're open 
getting in front of the consumer, pivoting that messaging to no contact or virtual appointment so that they can show the consumer that they're still there, which was a huge learning that we had from COVID. You had to still be active in the marketplace so that your consumer understood, yes, you're open. I haven't shut down completely. This is how it's affected me, but I'm also pivoting to be safe for you. So we saw a lot of that message and that pivoting message specific to this timeframe to accommodate how your consumer was feeling. That's really interesting. And that's um, just that idea of having to pivot and really be, I mean, the information side of that is just so crucial. I, I know for a number of the businesses that um, we probably patronize, like just knowing like, okay, so what are their new hours? How do they, how are they accommodating this? Is it, I know uh, what the grocery store has that window in the morning where it's just for people with certain health conditions. What's that window again? Where can I find that information? And like, it's been kind of crazy to figure like, oh my gosh, I can't even, I don't even know if I can rely on Google anymore. Now they, if I'm understanding correctly, they pretty much, they've done a great job updating that across the board, but just knowing where to find that information has been so kind of bewildering for, I mean, just being used to ha having all of your fingertips and knowing like, oh, is this up to date or is that, I mean, things have changed since yesterday. Yeah. And that's a really great point because a big thing I think businesses noticed is the need to have somebody that's there to help you update your website or know where you can put this information. But then tools like Google My Business and Facebook actually added features where you could update if you had temporary closings so that your consumer could go to your page and find that information. Um, we also encourage a lot of our clients to make sure like your make sure your Google My Business profile is completely up to date. Is your phone number on there so they can call you and figure out what you're up to? Same thing with your Facebook page. People turn to Facebook quite a bit because it's a much more personal platform when you're following these brands. You want to see what's going on and how to get updated on um, their activity. So making sure that your presence there is really solid was one of our key learnings for our clients too during this time. Oh, that makes so much sense. Um, did, you, uh, did your team have to do a lot of shifting on the client's behalf or was the client managing that themselves with you guys just kind of guiding the strategy? So we provided a lot of um, we provided a lot of advice during this time frame. From an actual dollars in market, we did not encourage anybody to pull out unless they were under a really strict stay-at-home order, where it definitely affected the bottom line and it almost hurts your brand if you're not pivoting your messaging enough. If that makes sense, so we definitely helped mm -hmm. with analyzing what's going on with the stay-at-home order to kind of craft that messaging because not everyone. Um, could do some of our brands were able to do like walk around consultations of a home if they were in the home services category, whereas other ones could only oh, do nice. virtual appointments. So they could only do the zoom, but then they also, we helped craft some messaging organically. Like here's how to do a zoom meeting. Here's a video on what that's like. Cause a lot of consumers, this is new. I mean, the shift to online, everything is new. Sure. Well, what kind of feedback have you been getting from the dealers on these virtual appointments? I mean, that, that just fascinates me, like the idea of having a service, like walking around, holding my phone up so a service person can see a thing. That's so, I mean, it feels very much like me, you know, talking through my parents resetting their router or something. <laughs> that, you know, we've got some of that feedback directly. Like it's really hard. One lady asked how to download Zoom on her TV, for example. So there's a learning <laughs> curve. Um, 
But I think the biggest thing that we really heard that was kind of consistent is, yes, it was good that they had this available because they could still connect and do a face-to-face, have the video on. But it turned out the virtual appointments were a lot easier for consumers, too, than an in-home appointment or anything like that because it's less risk, right? So you can shop around virtually a lot easier than you can have people coming into your home like it previously was. So there's kind of a pivot there, too, in buying strategies, I think, moving forward for consumers. That's interesting. So with, um, did you, do we have a lot of other clients that are doing those kind of virtual appointments or was this primarily with a single client? I mean, do you know? We had a lot of clients. We had a lot of clients that had to adapt to that. We had some clients that are considered an essential service, but still with everything going on, people, they had to adapt and offer things like that because not every one of their customers was comfortable with them coming over yet. Um, so it was kind of a universal thing, the need to, mention how clean you are or what safety precautions you're taking for your own employees even was a big part of it. Can you kind of talk about like in general terms, um, before COVID, how are we learning and kind of understanding what potential customers were consuming for media and how have we had to shift that to make those more specific plans? I know you talked a lot about kind of the messaging we had to change, um, but from a consumer standpoint, I mean, how has that media shift, how have we been able to adapt to that change so quickly? So I think, and I'll talk from a digital standpoint and then kick it over to you, Kayla, for any additions. (laughs) But uh, from a digital standpoint, it's pretty easy to kind of shift your strategy, right? Because that's kind of the beauty of digital. You can pivot on a dime if you need to. Um, And you can test it and figure out what works. So prior to this, we, I mean, search was huge in terms of where you needed to go and where you needed to be. You should be on search because it's low funnel. I mean, what do people Mm -hmm. do when they're looking for something? They go to Google. So that was kind of a big change during this time frame is seeing less and less um, of those lower funnel intent, I guess, media consumption tactics. And I mean, you have a display and Facebook are always valuable. And there was people on Facebook prior to this, but it really skyrocketed during this time frame. So I think they were still getting their information from there prior, but they're getting a lot more from, um, they're looking at it a lot more because they're following more brands that are offering information about what's going on. They're on there for display, saw a huge increase, I think too, because people were on there looking up news, figuring out what the latest is. Um, Caleb, I know you have some insights on maybe like the streaming side of things and how that affected consumption. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before jumping to the streaming conversation, which oh no, we could talk about that for days, um, I'll say, oh no, if you guys have that, uh, if you're an um, iPhone user, you get that little report telling you uh, your um, the amount of consumption you've had each week. Oh, and um, it's <laughs> watching it go up by double percentages each week was a little disheartening. Like, yeah. I'm trying to keep up on the news. Don't judge me, phone. <laughs> Right. I'm just like, I I have a lot more time. I'm not commuting anywhere. I've been on the couch for eight hours today. Sorry, (laughs) I've looked at my phone frequently. (laughs) Or like, Kristen, I know you and I have small children. Like, listen, I have to do a thing with a kid, but work still needs that email. So I'm on the phone for work. (laughs) Yes. Yep. but no, we with can't that, watch yeah. another episode of Sesame Street on my phone. <laughs> oh my I gosh. need to use my phone for work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, so this will segue into that conversation. Um, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, have you watched it? And how much does she love the stupid hot dog song? <laughs> 
Honestly, Hallie has not gotten too into the Mickey Mouse house. It's full-time oh. Elmo right now. We are fully okay. on okay. the Sesame Street train. Nothing else will even compare at this point. But <laughs> we haven't really introduced a lot of other things because for that sure, reason, sure. it keeps her attention for longer than, you know, two-minute increments. So we haven't tested the waters anywhere else, really, because it's working. So, you know... That's what we're sticking wise. to for now. Yeah. No, that's that's very wise. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, the song's catchy. I'll grant her that. But yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I can't wish that upon your household. Um, but uh, so speaking of streaming and um, that kind of uh, uh, connected TV audiences, um, yeah, we've seen a. I mean, not surprisingly, but a huge shift in um, the amount of hours and um, uh, honestly, a shift across the board for all video services, not even just streaming. Um, TV seen an increase. Thirty-six uh, percent of the U.S. is watching more broadcast TV. Twenty-six um, percent increase in local news, which has been, uh, frankly, in trouble from a viewership standpoint for quite some time. Um, we've also noticed in a recent report that um, consumption has moved. So we oh, we we saw spikes later in the day, right? So uh, we have uh, we usually split things out into um, day parts. Um, Digital connected TV has been in slightly different day parts than you might for traditional TV. But um, normally, anything past four o'clock, we start to see that's when you get those numbers bumping up. That's usually when people are getting home from work or they're just kind of shifting into the second part of the day. So that's where you see TV watching. And connected TV, which has been steadily growing over the last few years, has been increasing during these windows. But my gosh, we hit this where suddenly everyone's at home, no one is going outside, people are scared to go outside, whatever, and it has skyrocketed. I mean, we're seeing um, consumption increase in that four to eight window, that eight to midnight window, and even that midnight to, I think, four o'clock window. It's been crazy to see. Um, what's also been a little bit surprising is we've been seeing a spike in the around the noon time frame as well. And um, I don't have there's not enough data right now to make a proclamation, but I have a theory that that has to be people at home with kids that are either no longer in school or this is their break. They can't do recess because they're either scared to go outside or it's, I mean, for us, at least in the Midwest, it's been crazy hot. So going outside in the middle of the afternoon, not very fun, but we've just seen spikes at different times of the day, as well as an overall increase in consumption on streaming services. Um, so that's been, it's been fascinating to see, not surprising, but um, with adoption rates already expected to increase um, year over year as more and more devices get connected, more and more consumers get comfortable with that kind of media, this has really just accelerated that switch. And I think 2021 is going to be a few years ahead of where we expected it to be in terms of overall streaming consumption. Great. Well, that's great insight from both of you. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll circle back and continue talking about all the elements of media consumption happening right now. Love what you've heard so far on ASAP? Follow us on social media by searching Strategic America. You can also sign up for our newsletter and check out new blogs at strategicamerica.com. Now back to the show. Hey guys, we are back from our break. Um, and uh, we're um, once again uh, talking about how um, cons media consumption has changed in the time of COVID. And, um, you know, we just spent a little bit of time talking about um, uh, display media, um, about social and, of course, connected TV, which we, we all know we're streaming things. I mean, Tiger King feels like it was years ago, but that was just you know, earlier this year. <laughs> but we want to touch a little bit on some of the other media um, in the marketplace and how it's been performing. Um, I know we talked about television, but um, like we said, um, news viewership is up. And that's been 
we've seen news shifting to either snippets online or shifting to other kinds of channels. I mean, YouTube's grown fantastically in the last few years in terms of news content, but people shifting back to broadcast news, looking at local news coverage for, well, frankly, COVID, as well as any other potential um, things happening in the news has been a um, really interesting trend to watch, um, especially with um, ad spend overall going down in the television space. Um, but this hasn't just been a TV phenomenon. We've seen the same thing in radio with um, users are now taking more time to listen at home, whether they're listening on traditional radio or they're listening to their local stations via an app of some kind. There's all kinds of great apps that you can access on your phone without having to tap into an old school radio. Um, actually, I'm kind of curious, who actually owns a old school radio with like an antenna and everything? Do, do you guys have one? Nope. Nope. Because <laughs> that's, that's like, like just over the weekend, ours, we had one in the garage that we've had since we bought the house and it broke. And we're like, can we even buy these anymore? Is this a thing? <laughs> we found it one and nowhere. it was janky. Amazon? Right? Probably. <laughs> it's you know, actually, your all never, solution. Truth. Oh, I didn't even ask my wife where she got it. I have no idea where she got this thing. She found it at a store, so they are selling them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really kind of interesting from, I mean, what I've heard from some of our clients in the radio space and billboards specifically. Um, a lot of people in March and April, um, and even a little bit of May, were completely wanting to cancel any radio and billboard because those are definitely commute media types. People see the billboards on their commute or they're listening to radio on their commute. Um, and I mean, myself personally, I'm always listening to podcasts or th through a streaming app for radio um, on my commutes, but traditional radio and billboards, it was like everyone suddenly realized that people were just going to be sitting at home. No one's going to be in their cars unless they're essential workers, which was a small part of the population, um, probably bigger than we think it is. But um, a lot of just billboard and radio contracts were just stopped these immediately. We don't want to waste our money airing commercials to nobody who's listening or, you know, having this billboard up that no one's going to see. Impression share obviously is going down significantly for billboard share. Um, so it was just really interesting to see how quick that took effect and how people just were ready to shut off media. I think the um, social people were like, all right, people are spending way more time on their phone, social, let's get things going there. Um, but like you said, Sarah, from, I mean, the HVAC, HVAC standpoint, um, we had so many people who we thought for sure it was going to be more people not wanting to let other people in their homes. And then it kind of shifted to actually more employees not being comfortable going into people's homes. So it shifted from more the consumer to the actual employee. And like you said, kind of making sure that employers were taking care and taking those, those measures to make sure that their employees were taking care of as they were going into homes or as they were going to see consumers. Um, so it's just been a really interesting transition. I assume it's just going to continue to have surprises in store for us as the year goes on. Um, 2020 has certainly been one full of surprises. So we'll just continue to see those media changes. So I can add a question regarding, um, we talked a little bit about messaging earlier and uh, from a consumer side, really interested in um, IAQ, you know, indoor air, qual oh, indoor air quality, forgive me. Um, do you anticipate clients being interested in, or consumers being interested in knowing that your clients are taking care of their employees who are having to go into other people's homes. Like, I mean, do we do we anticipate like, oh, hey, us, our employees, they having a 
having a no contact policy or a all mass policy? Is that something that you think consumers are going to be interested in? I think it will be for a while. I mean, I think just general concern over yourself, but then others has kind of upped during this time frame. So wanting to know that the businesses that you're supporting still are taking care of their employees, I think is going to be a priority for a while. For a messaging standpoint, we updated a lot of our websites that we manage at Strategic America with like banners or messaging that mentioned how they were keeping their employees safe and clean, as well as what they're doing for precautions when they are now going back into your home home, or if it's virtual, what they're doing to um, kind of assess at what's going on and how to make sure that they're approaching every situation the best way possible. So I don't think that's going away. Um, as long as COVID's here, I think that mindset is going to shift. And even after mm -hmm. COVID, I think there's going to be a huge emphasis on cleanliness hand sanitizer, air purification. <laughs> Even though I'm not seeing air purification searches, I know that the implication is that you're safe inside your home and that's not gonna go away. I think it's gonna be a similar effect to kind of the green you know, environment and how people are actively searching for um, companies and things that, okay, how green are they? How green friendly are they? How, um, how are they taking care of the environment? So we know that we're purchasing from somebody who cares about the environment too. I think it's going to be a similar situation to that so that we're looking at companies who we know are taking those active measures to take care of their employees and make sure their business in general, obviously, as things are opening back up, um, People want to go in places where they feel safe so and that they know that the employees feel safe as well. So I think we'll just continue to see more of that shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think when we're talking about messaging, that's a message that's going to stick around for a while. Whether or not there's COVID, I think the big shift in society is going to be towards sanitation and health and well-being. Um, and consumers tend to gravitate towards businesses that reflect their own behaviors and interests. So if you are very concerned about have being safe and healthy, then you're going to pick a business that has right on their website how they take care of their employees or what they uh, will do when they are in your home to make sure that you're safe. You're not going to pick one that doesn't show the things that interest you or that reflect what you actually believe and are trying to align with. In general, what do we think or what do we expect to see in the marketplace once consumer, I mean, we know some places have already started reopening, but do we expect consumers to return the same way or what do we, what do we think we'll see? I think, I mean, there's a lot of external factors that affect that, right? From a media consumption standpoint, the longer people are working from home, the less likely it is that radio is going to bump back up or the less likely that um, billboards are going to be popular again. People, as they start opening more and more things up, though, it's going to affect your consumer behavior and your consumption because you have new things available to you. Um, as we're working from home, though, and adapting to different things like that. We're going to see some similar patterns though, too. So streaming, I stream music all day long, uh, <laughs> working from home, you can just kind of rock out right in your office. So yep. that's not going to go away from a digital behavior standpoint. I've seen May was one of our best months for all of our clients in a long time. So that pent up consumer demand, um, which can be contributed to COVID when people were in safe mode, because it was so, um, on the edge with jobs and everything going on that once we hit that certain point, people were feeling a little more confident about things. We saw 
tons of leads, tons of conversions. Our clients reported their best months yet. So I think the summer months, there's some seasonality that plays into some of our clients moving forward, but I think that's a trend now. As long as things are reopening, it helps with consumer confidence. So again, you're tying everything back to external factors, right? So from a media consumption standpoint, I do think that search is going to continue to increase because it's going to be more and more. People have money, their jobs are okay. If that is what it is, then they're going to keep searching, they're going to keep buying. No, you're absolutely right. That's something we're going to have to watch as, as we move forward. Um, there's there's just a lot going on. It'll be interesting to see how the media plays out. Yeah. Um, thank you again so much for coming on this podcast. It was great to have you here. Um, we love talking about um, this kind of stuff. It's just, it's an exciting time and interesting time to um, uh, see how different media will play out. And um, as always, we appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for joining us. Um, please uh, like and subscribe um, for more of this great content. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.